Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. This is Daryl, and tonight we have Coach Robertson on the line with us. Coach, you've been with us so long. We got to get that promo changed, man. What's going on, Coach? Hey, buddy, I'm just loving it. I'm up here in, you know, Kentucky and headed my way toward uh, Canton, uh, Ohio, for uh, the Hall of Fame. But, Daryl, I'm excited about your guest tonight. Oh, hey, I am too, Coach. Um, and, Hey, before we get any further, let's talk a little bit about our guests before we talk um, about what's going on in the world of sports. Hey, um, we got James Jackson on our show tonight, Coach. Um, we look forward to him calling in and, and talking about the University of Miami. You know, he was a, a star there from 1997 until 2001, 2000. So we're really looking forward to him coming on the show tonight and, and doing his thing. Hey, but Coach, before we go any further... I have a nephew who has a son playing baseball. And from my understanding, my nephew, Javon Oliver, has hit a home run in every game this season so far, Coach. A total of 14 home runs. Yeah, 14 home runs. And this is his first year ever playing. You hear me? Hey, and if they win this weekend in Chiefland, Florida, They'll be going to Sarasota to play for the state championship. So, hey, man, let's give – I'm, I'm giving a shout-out to Javon right now, you know, before he becomes a superstar and I can't, can't catch up with him. And you, ever, you never know. We'll hopefully we'll get him on the show. But I want him to concentrate on uh, Sarasota this weekend and, I know, in Chiefland, Florida this weekend. And that's on the other side, Gainesville, Florida. Concentrate on that and get yourself together, man, and win a, win a championship and – and hopefully I'll be able to go and see him play in Sarasota when they do the whole big championship thing, Coach. Hey, but hey, let's talk a little bit about this LeBron James and the Miami Heat. You know, um, my LeBron James, Miami hey, Heat. Hey, Yeah. Cheryl, he took over the game in the fourth quarter. That's what the deal was. You know? <laughs> he decided they weren't going to lose another one. They, they don't ever lose two back-to-back. And I'll tell you what, if they go and win two at uh, – home then they'll be in trouble uh, so, the spurs the spurs won't recover again they'll be uh, uh the heat will be national champions again and i mean uh world champions again and uh, I, I can see it happening you know um i don't know coach when when it seems as though when we give one of these teams a little bit of credit they they seem to just not sustain it. And, I, and I'm not so sure now um, about that. The, the first game in Texas, um, the, the, the game that LeBron James caught cramps in, hey, I, I'm not so sure that um, that, that was a uh, – remember the Super Bowl a couple of years ago when, they, when the lights went out? You know, that was right. kind of, you know, a little, a little conspiracy there. You know, and I, I think there's a little bit of conspiracy when, when it was so hot in the building that – 
you know, a, a lot of the European players thought that it was not a problem, but LeBron James was the only person in the, in the building that that um, seemed to have a problem. And it may, maybe, maybe, maybe the San Antonio Spurs knew something that that we don't know. That you know, you get him hot enough, he has to go out of the game. He's not effective. Well, all I know, coach, it didn't work for him last night. Nah, well, because hey, <laughs> the air conditioning was working last night, coach. Hey, but he was heating up because he got in like thirty-eight points. Well, hey, and 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 I'm 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 one of these guys that have not really given LeBron James enough credit. You know, to, to be honest with you, I, I think he um, I think he's one of those guys. A lot of people find reason not to like him, and and my reason not to like him was um the way he left Cleveland. But my goodness, man, he he's been in Miami now for what? About five years, four years. So hey, hey, it should it, this this four years. This 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 shouldn't be an issue with the average fan like myself, who's a who's an avid basketball fan and NBA fan. I'm a I'm a true NBA fan. I'd rather watch an NBA game than a college or a high school basketball game any day, uh, because I like the shooting. I like to see the high shooting percentages. I really love the fact that these guys, a lot of them now, shoot almost ninety percent from the free throw line. It's just it's just amazing to see these athletes play at a level that they play at. But I found reasons not to like LeBron LeBron James and um and 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 I try to call my I try to tell people all the time I'm not a hater I'm not a hater but I I found reason not to like that guy and it's I think a, what's surprising for me Daryl for you to be saying that because we both know what it feels like to get paid for your work and the guy was making less money in Cleveland okay and he wanted a world championship and he didn't think he could get it done in Cleveland. And so I can't be a hater for a guy that wants to improve himself and make more money. you got to realize that Miami is a bigger market than Cleveland, and you can say that's cold, but, you know, you got that window of opportunities. We're both old athletes. You can do it just so long. And even though the kid came straight out of high school, he's getting older, and I think he was worried that he might stay in Cleveland and never get his shot. Well, that's my um, take on it. Ultimately, I think he made the right decision to um, to leave Cleveland and come to Miami. Uh, I, I truly believe that um, he someday is going to leave Miami um, and 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 win a championship somewhere else. Because hey. This guy is still relatively young, coach. You know, he hasn't even he hasn't even reached thirty years old yet. You know, the thing so about it is, I think they've got a big enough market in Miami. If they win this other one, they'll three P, and then they'll start figuring, hey, could we do what Chicago did with Michael? You know, he's always going to be compared to Michael Jordan. Whether he's a better or not as good doesn't really matter. What they're going to say is, you know, how many world championships did you win? And I think that if he sits there and he has the kind of crowd he's got around him now, they're always going to be a factor in being able to win it. And I think they could win it again this year. They'll give them three in a row. And then they, you know, then he would have to really think about whether he would follow some other buck somewhere else. Well, I, I just really can't see him um, wanting to leave Miami. I think he has everything that he would ever want 
in Miami. Now, from what I understand, his his wife really likes being up north, and her family is from up north. But um, that I, I also heard that uh, LeBron James' um, wife and his wife's family moved to Miami um, when he moved to Miami, a year after he moved to Miami, not even the first year when he was here. So I think that um, I think he's in a great spot in his life, man. That, that's what I question. Uh, he's in a great spot in his life, and he and he definitely is the 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 he he definitely is the uh, the best player on the planet right now for sure. You well, know, you know, he didn't get the most valuable player award, but nobody will care about that if they win the world championship again this year. Nobody will say, "Well, he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't the MVP this year." Who will care? What they'll care about was did they win the third one in a row. That's what will make a difference. And I think, you know, he'll put all those haters behind the back again, just like he did after that first championship. And then last year it was kind of like, oh, yeah, here it is again. It happens again. Then the three-peat, you know, it's not a lucky streak then. Well, hey, you know, he scored 35 points the other night um, and looked like he played, played with ease. You know, and, yeah. and, and, I, and I think we have to give Eric Spolster a little bit more credit than he deserves, too. You know, he's a guy that recognized that um, LeBron James has actually played. When, when you look at his minutes being played in the last four years, he's played a season more than everybody else in the league. You understand what I'm saying? So he, Eric Spolster recognized that he has – he has played this many minutes since he's been in the league. He's played more minutes this season than anybody else in the league. Hey, you got to back off a little bit. You got to give your horse a rest, man. You, you know, you got to give him a rest when he needs a rest. So I think we saw a little bit more rest out of LeBron James in his last game. And uh, and I'm sure we're going to see him get his rest throughout the season. And um, and I, But I wouldn't be surprised one big coach if this series goes seven games. Hey, Coach, we got coach. James Jackson on the line. And um, yeah. I don't want to make James wait not another second. Uh, we'll get back to this other James. But right now we have James Jackson on our line, University of Miami James Jackson, the, the Cleveland Browns James Jackson. Um, the, uh, from Bell Glaze, James Jackson. You know, hey, this dude is the real deal, Coach. He was with the Browns from 2001 to 2003, uh, uh, with uh, Green Bay Packers in 2004, and with the Arizona Cardinals in 2005. Hey, without further ado, let's welcome James Jackson to the show. What's going on, James? Hey, nothing much, fellas. Thanks for having me, fellas. Hey, it's my pleasure, James. What's um and, and, we, and coach, we always, coach. We always got a, a warm heart for people from around the lake. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, James, man. Um, you know, I've, I've met you on several occasions at University of Miami. Uh, met you once even at the Outlet Mall here, not far from where I live in Palm Coast, Florida. But um, tell the people what's going on in your life now, James. What's happening since you left University of Miami and, and hung up the cliques? Uh, in 2005. Man, my wife uh, had me moved from uh, West Palm Beach to uh, Jacksonville, Florida. I'm actually 10 miles southwest of Jacksonville, Florida. I live in a uh, community called Oak Leaf in uh, okay. Orange Park area. I know. Right, and, uh, right where man, it is. Say it again. I missed it. Say it again. 
I said, I know that right where that is. You're right there in Orange Park. Correct. Right there in the Orange Park, in the back area of Orange Park. Exactly. Since I've been retired, man, all I'm doing is taking these kids to school, picking them up, and uh, I have my own AAU track and field team. Okay, cool. James, uh, I want to know, before you get off the air tonight, why you think there's so many great athletes? I started my head coaching career at a little place called Moorhaven. And mm-hmm. one of my great athletes is now the AD at uh, Pahokee. But why do so many great athletes end up around the lake? I mean, you know, you, you were from Belle Glade, but Pahokee turned out a lot of great ones. Cluiston turned out a lot of great ones. It's amazing the athletic talent right there around Lake Okeechobee. What do you think? Man, a lot of it has to do with <laughs> nothing to do <laughs> with, with training and exercise. <laughs> but, but, the, but, but the communities, uh, when you're talking about, when you're dealing with Pahokee, Bell Glade, and uh, Cluiston, we're all within about eight miles from each other, and there's so much right. talent there. If they, if, they ever allowed the, if they ever allowed the community to come together and make one school, oh, my goodness. I, I think we'll have probably about uh, 10, 20 Hall of Famers. <laughs> no, because nobody would ever, nobody would ever win against them. No, not at all. They 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 win they they'll win for the next fifty sixty years. <laughs> hey, um, you know, um, James, I was looking at looking up your stats today and looking up some information about you today, and I found a couple things that are, that we have in common. Uh, we both played for um, Butch Davis. Butch was a, a defensive line coach. When I was at the University of Miami, he was the head coach when you were at the University of Miami. We both played mm-hmm. for Don Solinger. Coach Solinger oh, was yeah. your running back coach while at, the, while at the University of Miami. Coach Solinger was a defensive, defensive um, linebacker coach while I was at the University of Miami. And one other little thing, you played with one of the Blades brothers, and I played with the other two Blades brothers, Brian and Benny, and you played with Al Blades. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you mention that uh, because I married their sister. Oh my goodness! <laughs> That's keeping it the family. Yeah, I married their sister. I uh, Al, I played with Al Blaze, and uh, Al invited me and the rest of the football team to uh, Benny and Brown retirement party back in 1999, and that's mm-hmm. where I first met my wife. My wife now, wow. girlfriend. Well, met her. She's my wife now. I, hey man, wow that that is. Man, that is close, uh, and I would have never known that if I hadn't just brought that up. Yeah, out of the yeah. And I was like, "That's that what we have in common." And I was like, "Wow, we both played with Coach Solinger, both played one of the Blades brothers, and we both played with Coach Johnson." And uh, James, you know, um, what were some of the bowl games you guys played in while you were at the University of Miami? We played in the uh, Sugar Bowl. I was there. We played in the Sugar Sugar Bowl, the Carquest Bowl. We played in the uh, oh my goodness. This is Georgia Tech. Uh, Gator Bowl. Gator Bowl. I remember that game. I was there. Yep. Yeah. We played Bush against Davis, uh, Georgia Tech. Butch Davis gave me a VIP um, VIP card to come to that game. I went to see him practice. Went to see you guys practice over in on Jacksonville Beach. And while I was there, he he invited me to the game and gave me the VIP Butch Davis pass. Um, had a great time hey. at that game, man. And and I, I remember very distinctly about that game is that Clinton Portis caught a pass and ran a touchdown. 
And at that point, the only record I ever had at the University of Miami is I had the longest reception by a running back in a bowl game for a touchdown, and that was in the UCLA um, Fiesta Bowl against UCLA. And Clinton Portis broke my record in that game, man. I remember that. I remember that pass. I remember that to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Clinton Portis broke my record. Hey. So, uh, you know, hopefully I'm going to get Clinton on the show one day and let him know about this. And, James, you know, when, when, I, when, I, when I look at the, the roster of players that were on your team, man, I mean, you played in the – you. You played ahead of Edwin James and Clinton Portis at one point. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Played ahead of, uh, well, Ed, well, Ed, yeah, at one point played ahead of Edge. Edge and I really played together. We kind of like mm-hmm. split time. It was, it was more of like a, a 60-40 or sometimes 70-30 uh, Edge on top. Uh, Edge and I split time. Uh, Portis, Najee, and Willis McGahee, they played behind me. And uh, I wasn't there with Frank Gore. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I played with some good backs, man, at University of Miami. Oh, man, without a doubt, man. And uh, and I, when I look at that roster, um, I saw some of the players that you played with. But I, one of the names that, that stood out to me was um, this kid, Jamie German, who came to the University yeah. of Miami as just, just an incredible athlete. And uh, he never really uh, fulfilled his potential because of injuries. But Jamie had a, had a solid um, NFL career as well, though. He really did. Yeah, 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 Jamie. Yeah, uh, Jamie was there at University of Miami before I got there, mm-hmm. and uh, I always heard about him. I always heard how great he was, and uh, like you said, he had a, a couple of injuries at University of Miami. I got a chance to play with him at University of Miami, and I got a chance to play with him at least two years in Cleveland. Okay, cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. forgot he went there. Yeah, yeah he went to Cleveland. Yeah. Hey, well, uh, James, we got a commercial coming up, but I may, I want you to make sure you hold through this commercial, man. And um, we still got we still got over a little more than a minute, but I want to make sure you hold through and come back with us, um, guys. We got we got James Jackson, American football player from University of Miami. He played there from um, uh, played at UM from 1999 to 2000. No, no, excuse me, 1997 to 2000. That correct? There you go. There it is. Yeah, 1997 <laughs> to 2000, and he also played with the Cleveland Browns from 2001 2003. Uh, Green Bay Packers, 2004, and Arizona Cardinals. Hey, and one of our very own from the state of Florida. But, guys, you listen to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio, and we'll be right back with more sports information. flagship station for sports voice america sports sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society on all around sports host john inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world including players owners and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today john will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events tune in to all around sports with john inglesby fridays at 1 p.m eastern time 10 a.m pacific on the voice america sports channel Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. 
From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. You're tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info U.M. Hey, guys, we have James Jackson from the University of Miami and the Green Bay Packers. James is ranked third in the University of Miami, all-time rushing, um, over 2,900, with 2,953 career yards. James, they say you ran a 4.38. You know, I ran a 4.4 before, man, but 4.38, never touched those 4.3s, man. Hey, man, that was weighing 215. Don't, don't, don't leave that out. Now, that's weighing 215. <laughs> <laughs> Even back in the hey, day. Man, we're looking out there. You know, I'm from Maryland, man. We keep it in there. I feel you. Yeah. Hey, hey, but James, you know, man, um, really, man, we were just talking about um, some of the outstanding running backs that you played with. And, um, you know, I was I was telling Coach that you, you, play, you played with – um, Clinton Portis and Edwin James on the same team that you were on, and you was a you were the starter behind, ahead of those guys, man. I mean, I mean, I can only imagine how those practices went because you know I had some some it was some fierce running backs at University of Miami when I was there. Um, I played with um 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 I played with a lot of guys, man, and uh, I'm. Cleveland is a guy that I'm thinking of right now. I can't think of his Gary first name. Gary? Um, yeah, Cleveland Gary. I played with Cleveland right. Gary. Um, um, Alonzo Highsmith. Um, mm-hmm. um, so we had a lot of guys on our team, man, I mean, that, that were just really serious running backs. And you had to be on the top of your game every day in practice if you wanted to, you know, if you want to be a part of that depth chart. So I can only imagine how fierce those practices were when you were there. Yeah, you had to, man. And we had Big uh, Najee. Most people didn't understand Big Najee ran a 4-3. Big Najee yeah. was when Najee Davenport was weighing 250, 60 pounds running a 4-3. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Najee yeah. came to the University of Miami as, as like a four-star mm-hmm. recruit. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. just think. It was, just, it was Najee. It was Clinton Portis. Edwin James. Willis McGay, he was in the backfield, yeah. background somewhere. You know, yeah. hey man, that, that that alone lets you know that you got to be at your top, at the top of your game every day. And every day when you walk outside, before you went outside, you took a peek at that depth chart. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You didn't have a choice, but, but, but when you think about it, with me, I, it didn't start off in college. With me, it started off in high school. I played uh, alongside Fred Taylor in high school. Wow. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah! Wow, you had a great career in the NFL. Yep. Oh yeah. You know, and and a great career at at at, uh, at the University of Florida. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, you know, Fred Fred has a son now that's um that's a running back at the University of Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Happy for him, man. Very happy for him. Yep, and, and and we can't help but be happy for him, man. But I also I, I was the guys I was trying to think of, and I need to give him credit. It's Warren Williams. 
and and um, Melvin Bratton, you know, and all of these guys yeah. were drafted in the, in, the, in the NFL. Warren Williams, Melvin Bratton, yep. Alonzo Highsmith, um, Cleveland Gary, and I and I and I have to give myself a little credit. You know, I was drafted in the NFL draft back then. It was in the eleventh round, but I have to give myself credit for that eleventh round pick, man. Hey, hey, hey! It don't matter where around. It's a blessing to be drafted. Period. Amen. You're right, man, and I and I treat it like as such every day of my life. Still, you know, mm-hmm. so um. Yep. Hey, I'm 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 very fortunate to have uh, what I've had. Hey, but um, give me one of those stories at the University of Miami, you know, because I man, um, we won the very first championship ever at the University of Miami in 1983. Right. And man, I could tell you some stories about Jerome Brown, uh, Russell Maryland, right? You know, and, and the list goes on and on, you know, of some of these greats that I played with, Brian and Benny Blades. I mean, mm-hmm. the list goes on. Bernie Kozov, any test of Verde. Give us one of them stories from UM, man, from one of them guys you played with. <laughs> oh, man. I, shoot, man, I got tons of stories. I wouldn't even know where to begin, man. I mean, like you say, I played with a weight game and home games. Ed and I used to be uh, roommates and stuff. And Ben always jump on me. He said, turn, Jake, man. I don't have to bring anything, man. He said, you bring all the toilet paper to the hotel. You bring your own toilet paper. You got Q-tips. You got the alcohol. <laughs> hey, man, I had to get ready, man. So when the television crew comes, interviews after the games and stuff, I make sure I'm good and ready, man. And he used to always jump on me about it. Always, uh, man. I'm going to have to talk to Edge about that, man. I like that one, Jay. Yo. <laughs> Good guys, man. Good guys. And, and Ed Reed, I tell you, man, I've, I've had a chance to meet him a couple of times. And Edwin, both of those are two of the most humble. And and, 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 and James, I got to throw you in there too, man. I mean, you guys are really, really humble guys. I mean, when I played, man, we, we talked a lot of smack all the time. I mean, you, you, it was it was never it was never not a an exciting moment unless you saw Brian Blaze running across the field to jump on somebody about something, man. I mean, right. it was a lot of fights and not necessarily fights, but we talked a lot of stuff. And if something happened right. on the field, looked like our whole team ran on the field. But that was back in the day when you didn't really get penalized for your team running on the field and stuff like. I guess we probably created that penalty too at the University <laughs> of Miami. Exactly. Yeah, it all started, and believe it or not, we we were there to finish it. But what happened was, you know, when when uh when Butch got in there, you know, President Foot wanted him to clean everything up. Yeah. And you know, like I said, we all we all came in, you know, rough, tough. You know, we ready to give it to people as well. But you know, Bush, you know, Bush came in, and you know, he, uh, and President Foot, you know, click, let's clean it up. So you know, yeah. he, he was real strict on us, man. We, I mean, we. <laughs> it, was, it was like choir boys there for, for a minute. He kept in his own field, but, you know, which was a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing. It was definitely a yeah. good thing. Yeah, and, you know, and, and, and um, I think we have to give Coach Davis a lot of credit for what he did for the program, man. I mean, he did come in there and clean mm-hmm. the program up, man. I mean, and, and when you look at it, he the last thing he wanted to do 
was to leave that program that he had cleaned up. He had made that Correct. baby his baby. And Cleveland Browns, well, they were so desperate to get a, a coach. You know, they came in and offered him like $3 million. And Butch said, no, I'm not going anywhere. They offered him $3.5 million a year. Butch said, no, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> when they came back and said $5 million a year, and that was in like 2000, 2001, he said, I'll yep. take it. You know, you couldn't blame him for taking that money yeah. at the time, though. You got to right. do it. Yeah, it's a business. It's a it business. is. He has a family to feed. You know, yeah. and uh, like I say, it's legal money, and then you can do about it. It's a business. It's a business, you know. And and I, but I think because of him leaving, it kind of overshadows all the hard work and how he cleaned the program up and how he left a, a basically a just add water and mix um, championship. For um for for um for the last for the coach that um succeeded him, and um right. that coach who's that coach James slipped my mind right now. Uh, you talking about my uh, offensive coordinator? Uh, yes. man, you talk you talking about uh, goodness gracious, it just slipped my mind right quick. <laughs> and and about, he won the national uh, championship and should have won two because he was cheated out of that one. By Ohio State. Well, well, yes, he was. Well, well no, well, no let's, take, let, let's take it back further. We should have won three in a row. My senior year, we should have played for the national championship. Yeah, y'all got That's cheated we, by we the vote. Yeah, we ranked number four. We beat the number one and number two ranked team, and they let Florida State and Oklahoma play for the championship yes. in the Orange Bowl. Right. I, I remember that. Yeah. Or it would have yeah. been a three, it could have been three in a row. You're right. Correct. We should have played three in a row. We should have played for the national championship three in a row. Yep, and that coach was Larry Coker, who we're thinking of. James. Coach Coker, right, right. Yep, yep. And uh, and Coach Coker, he didn't he didn't get a fair deal as a yeah. University of Miami coach, in my opinion. You know, and I'm and I'm a big fan of Coach Shannon, Randy Shannon. You know, but um, Coach Coker kind of got um, his record didn't didn't represent being fired the way he got fired at the university. I agree. I totally agree. I don't know what that was about, he, but I totally agree. He was one of those guys I, I, that didn't have a very big, a lot of charisma. And and right. Miami had gotten to be such a big name as a university mm. for football, and you don't have any charisma. It's pretty tough to keep your job, guys. Yeah, yeah. And that's true. You know, and, you know, that's true. I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I apologize to the University of Miami Nation right now. And I heard this when it when it happened, and it, and it was they rang rang truth to me at the time. They, they someone stated said Coach Coker lost his job because he was not a good looking man. Say so he was that's the reason he lost his job because he was ugly. You understand what I'm saying? And so if he was, if he had been a nice looking guy, there's no way he would have lost his job at that Come time. Come on, Daryl. I'm telling you, man. That's the only reason, James. How else would a man had had a winning percentage as high as his lose his job? Well, and, I tell you, the rumor the rumor that I heard was that he was he was losing the kids. That's the rumor that I heard. I, I didn't see it, you know, because I wasn't around on a regular basis because I was in the NFL. But the rumor is he was losing the kids, and and they and they didn't want that at all. That's what I heard. But I don't know. I don't understand how you you're having a a winning record and you're out of there. But, but it happened right there. But it happened, uh, if you think about it, it happened with LaDamian Thomas and them. Their head yeah. coach went 11 to 12 games. They get rid of him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. When LaDamian, yeah. when LaDamian was in, uh, uh, Te TCU. What, was his what team? TCU, Texas Christian University. No, when LaDamian Thomas was with his first team in the NFL. Oh, in NFL. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, he yeah, they got rid of what, Turner, what was it, a long was it time. Who they he, actually, he, he played a Marty Schottenheimer when we played for Oh, Schottenheimer. Uh, he went to jail and they got rid of him. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and Marty yeah. lives not far from you, James. I think he lives over in St. Augustine, Florida. Hmm. See? Coach Schottenheimer. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but, yeah. but James, um, you know, when when we look at um, all the – all the success that you had in college, man, and, you know, and all these great guys that you played with and, you know, and Coach Butch Davis bringing all of you guys together and, and, and having such a good team, all of, having such great success while you were there. You know, how, does, how do you think this has spilled over into your life and has made your life successful and made things uh, sort of like trouble free for you because when we talk, when I talk to a lot of athletes now, man, that have won and had success in college and then drafted in the pros and they go on to to live their re- regular life, their day to day life, they, these guys seem to have a sense of like freedom, like man, everything is cool, I'm good, my life is good. So how has this football and athletics spilled over into your your life to make your life flourish? Well, first of all, man, you know, like I said, it, it started with my parents. You know, my dad being a warden of a maximum security, security prison and my mom being a sergeant for the sheriff's department, you know, it started off with them. And and like you said, when I went to the University of Miami, you know, Coach, Coach Davis, I, I respected him, you know. He he uh he taught me a lot of stuff, you know, and, and he brought in a supporting cast. His coaches were great, great people, man. Like you said, Don Solinger. Coach Solinger did not play around. i never forget how Coach Solinger – I hear recruited me. Coach Solzer called me one time, and this is what Coach Saul said. Coach Saul said, man, speak to James Jackson. I said, this is James Jackson. He said, my name is uh, Don Solinger, a running back coach for the University of Miami. I said, how you doing, Coach? He said, well, I, I want to find out what's your process, what you're thinking about. I said, well, uh, I really don't know, Coach. A lot of people contacted me and stuff like that. Well, he said, if you want to be one of the best running backs in the country, come to the University of Miami. If not, you go somewhere else. And he hung up the phone. <laughs> that's, how, that's how he recruited me. Yeah. And after, that, and after that, I never heard another word from a Pete Garcia start recruiting. <laughs> Pete started and calling. I, and then I used to wonder, and I used to wonder while I was at University of Miami. I said, uh, I said, why coach, uh, why uh, coach Saul don't go out and recruit? Man, Pete looked at me and said, are you kidding me? He said, coach Saul going to people how to be telling people the truth. Oh, your son will never play for me. He'll never play here. He'll never do this. Never. He said, man, we got to stop sending Saul out there recruiting. Because Saul is brutally honest. He's going to sit in the parents' house and tell them, uh, no, your son going to be Thursday. He might play his, his last year. And, oh, man, you know a parent don't want to hear that or a kid don't want to hear that. Nah, man. But, but James, think about the running backs that he had while you were there. You know, we exactly. already talked about, you know, Edwin James, Clinton Portis, um, Willis McGahee, but Frank Gore was there, and he also and you while you were there, uh, Jared Payton was um, on your team. And Jared Payton was there, correct? Jared Payton was there, yeah. and, and, and the running backs before us that that I played a, actually played a year with. You take the thing about Danielle Ferguson and Jared McMillan. Daniel oh, Ferguson, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dan, Dan, Daniel Ferguson, uh, he's from um, from South, South South Florida, like Homestead area. Correct. Who's um, yep. Ryan down that way? Yeah, but mm-hmm. Ferguson was a was a was a tight little small running back man. He right. got he got through the late plays. Trent Jones was there. Yeah, so yeah, you guys yeah. had some, had some players, man. 
And, uh, oh, and Coach yeah. Solinger coached all of those guys, man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So but now, Coach, they didn't they didn't miss UM didn't miss any Southern athlete. If a kid was a great athlete in South Florida, they were getting them. Oh, indeed, without a doubt. Oh yeah, and we missed some players too, you know. Um, but hey, we were fortunate to have some some top notch players. And can you imagine Clinton Portis coming from the city of Gainesville? Yeah, yeah, isn't that I crazy? I, I know. <laughs> yeah, that always, that I always, I just never understood that one. And uh, and and and, and Clinton Portis came. F- he was the best athlete in the city of Gainesville that year. I saw him run track mm-hmm. that year. I was I was a track coach at the time, and uh, right. and, and this kid was a super track runner too at at, at the time. But uh, I would have never thought that we'd have a chance at getting Clinton Portis to come to University of Miami. Mm. Yep. Oh yeah, he, he yeah he and he would talk you to death. Oh my! <laughs> I I, rem, I remember. I, I tell you what, I remember there was a uh, I got hurt. So that's when Clint started getting a lot of playing time when I got hurt. And and coach told me, he said, Jay, no, the ankle bothered you. I think I had a high ankle sprain. And I think we played Ohio State. That was the first game of the season. I think it was called the kickoff classic. I went up the there to see you guys play yeah, in New Jersey. Ohio, yeah, New Jersey in the Meadowlands, correct? Yeah, yeah. The next game was FAMU. The next was Penn State. And after the Penn State game, coach said, Jay, I need to sit you down. I need to sit you down and rest you. And that's when Porter started playing. So coach set me coach set me for about three weeks till the ankle got better. And and I never forget. Class is over with. I get on the bus, what we call the cane shuttle, that runs around the campus. There's numerous of cane shuttles that roam around the campus and pick people at different destinations and move them around. So I get on the shuttle. And I sit in the very front, and you have all types of students, law students, business, people in the business. Everyone's on the bus, different people, not just athletes. And I hear somebody in the back, yeah, mama, they got this sorry running back in front of me. This guy, he's sorry, mama. He's tough, man. I, I think his name is Jane Jackson. I'm better than that guy. I know I'm better than that guy. And the whole bus just starts looking at me. <laughs> and I stand up and he in the back of the bus just smiling and I said I said you want it if you want it it's on I said I want it and man look at him we, we Clint Porter's and I we took that frustration out my first game back I think it had to be against Rutgers and it was in it was in the Orange Bowl and man him and I we took that frustration out on him we were going back and forth he was score I was score he was score I was score and it was, it, was, it was ridiculous, man. And we laughed about that to this day. Wow. Wow. Hey, James, hold through this break, man. We're going to be right back, guys, with more Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We got James Jackson. We'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports it's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here the sports girls take over the voice america sports channel every monday for the inside score beth silverberg chin chin ong and stacy deberry are here to showcase the athletes the coaches and the foundations that change lives in addition we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week 
You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. James, before we let you go, man, I, I want to acknowledge one more thing that you did at University of Miami. In 1997, you broke Chuck Foreman's freshman rushing record. Uh, you, uh, Chuck ran for uh, 500, no, you ran for 595 yards. Chuck's record previous to that was 557 mm-hmm. yards as a freshman. And, um, have you ever had a chance to meet Chuck Foreman? Never. Never got a chance. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and Chuck played before you were born. Uh, I had a chance to grow up watching Chuck Foreman play in the 70s mm-hmm. um, for the Minnesota Vikings. And, man, he was right. he was a heck of a running back. And I've also had a chance to meet Chuck. And uh, one, one, of the, one of the highlights of my, of my life, man, is one of the, when I, I met Chuck Foreman. He says, I know you. I know you. You Daryl Oliver, man. I like your style. I like how you was running that ball at the U. Wow. Uh, man, I, man, my head got so big, I had to turn sideways to get out of the building, man. <laughs> so, man, that was one of the highlights of my life is to read that you broke Chuck's record. And I was a big fan of Chuck Foreman growing up as a kid and uh and having a chance to meet him at the university of miami and um and see that you broke his record what a that's hey but if i go on i'll talk about more and more records that you broke zane before you get out of here man you want to give a shout out to anybody or tell anybody hello through the voice of america hey, man, i just want to uh thank my um nation man for always representing keeping it real man like i say the, the players i think them players will be all right uh, you know, we pray for Coach Golden that he turn this thing around. I just want to thank Sam and, and you, Oliver, for, man, uh, allowing me to come on the show, man, and just to talk and shoot the breeze, man. Hey, we really appreciate it, James. Hey, good luck in the track and field, man. I know your AAU team is performing this weekend. And, uh, hey, in all of your endeavors, James, good luck. And, um, hey, if you ever want to call a radio show, don't hesitate. We're here every Monday night from 8 to 9 on the Voice Radio, Voice America Radio, Sports Info, UM is the name of the show, baby. Yes, sir. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. Hey, thanks, James. Appreciate it. No problem. Take care, Jim. Thanks. Wow, Coach, we had James Jackson on our show. That was that was a real treat. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And he and he had a an illustrious career at the University of Miami and played with some great players, man. And we didn't even mention his quarterback, Ken Dorsey, who uh, had a had a really nice career at the University of Miami, winning a national championship, and um, 
playing with the um, um, San Francisco 49ers, Ken Dorsey. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we can get Ken on the show. Yeah, yeah. the thing about it is, Daryl, when y'all were talking about the competition that y'all had as running backs, there were so many great athletes at UM during those period of time that that's why y'all just kept rising to the top, rising to the top, because y'all were gritting all those great athletes, both defensively as well as offensively, when you're talking about the Blade Brothers, when you're talking about Ed Reed, you're talking about Russell Maryland, you're talking about, you know, all those great offensive and defensive players, no wonder UM was so successful. Oh, yeah, Coach. And, I mean, they just the thought that I played with Russell Maryland and Jerome Brown. I mean, these were these are two of the greatest defensive linemen that have, probably hasn't ever, ever played, played the game. Ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, hey, and, I mean. And also, Daryl, you know, you were talking about Larry Croker. And, you know, being a coach, I always felt like the guy was done wrong. But I'll tell you what's wonderful is when you look at it and you think back, hey, look, you know, when you have that kind of talent, big, big pressure is placed upon you. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And he had, he had that kind of talent, that pressure needed to be placed upon him because Coach, Coach Davis left that program. Set. In, I mean, set. You're right. He left it set for a championship. And, you know, before and, and, and before James said what he did, I had forgotten they should have won three national championships. Yeah. In a row. Yeah. So the and guy they, could have, the guy would have won three national championships. They probably could have never fired him, even if he was an ugly white guy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, coach, his race had nothing to do with him being ugly. <laughs> not, not a thing. No. Hey, but um, hey, coach. Before we go any further, we got Roland on the line to give us a NASCAR update. Roland, what's going on? Two words: Junior Nation. <laughs> hey, he and Roland, off, didn't he? Ro- yeah, he did. Roland, let's don't. Let's, I'm not even going to say this NASCAR update because I want you to give us a racing update. You know, Roland, I'm, I'm a racing fan. I'm not just NASCAR. I'm, I'm Formula One. I'm IndyCar. I'm NASCAR. I, I like it all. And over the weekend, Roland, I was looking at one of the races. Uh, it was the, um, it was a Canadian Grand Prix is what I was, was looking at. It was a Canadian at. F1 Formula One race in Canada. And we had a first-time winner, um, Ricard- what was his name? <laughs> Ricardo? Ricardio, Ricardio, that's what it was. Ricardio, a first-time right. winner. The big news was is that Mercedes-Benz did not win. Earlier, Lewis Hamilton, that's just been winning everything on four wheels there in Formula One, uh, his brakes failed. Somehow there's a mechanical assistance that has to do with his brakes, and, and his brake bias was all upset. But his uh, teammate, Rosberg, did take home the uh, runner-up spot on the podium. But I agree with you. That was a great race. Matter of fact, I haven't watched Formula One for a while. It's sometimes too technical for me. And there's no fenders on the car, so there's not as much banging. But, boy, that was a race. That was a great race. And, I, and like I said, I like racing all the way across the board. And, uh, but, and, I, and I do follow Lewis Hamilton. Um, and, you know, I'm a black guy. Lewis Hamilton is the only black guy basically in racing. <laughs> and, he, and he's a star. You know, um, and and um, but Lewis Hamilton, he has a little baggage himself. We're not even going to go to the baggage. So, thing. are you calling Lewis Hamilton a racist? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 
no, no, no, no. I had to throw that in. I'm sorry. I, and, 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 and Roland, I, I, and I walked myself into that, Roland. I really did. So I, <laughs> if the door hit me, I, I take that bruise with, with uh, as, as a bruise of honor. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. No, he has really set the F1 world on fire this year. Yes. And he's he's, uh, he's a runaway in the points right now, and so is Mercedes-Benz. It was kind of an amazing thing that uh, that they were dominant. Matter of fact, that's first race that a Mercedes-Benz did not win this year. At one point, that was the first lap that Mercedes had not led this year. And I that, thought that was just unbelievable. Point. You got it. Yeah, that, 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 that by itself was unbelievable. Hey, but Roland, um, you know, and, and, and at one point during that race, um, the first lap, the two cars had an accident. And I thought that was unbelievable as too. I, and, and matter of fact, two cars have an accident. Uh, Marusi team. Um, these two cars have an accident, and their teammates. One hit. One teammate hit the other teammate's car, and both of these guys end up being out of the race. Um, Julius Banshee and Max uh, Shelton. Both of those guys end up being out of the race. Julius hit Max, and it was over for both of them. But hey, how would you uh, like to have that? Hit conversation with the owner. <laughs> not, you know, the race cannot be won in the first lap. Yes, it's important to get position and whatnot, but, you know, the only lap that really counts is the last lap, and it's just silly to drive over your head and, and to have something like that happen. Those cars, though, are so quick. They steer so quick. They brake yeah. so quick. Uh, it's very easy to get lulled into a sense of uh, security whenever you're going that fast. Oh, for sure. Without Roland, a doubt. Roland, getting back yes. to NASCAR, though, for a second, you're talking about Junior. How, what do you think? Is this car finally going to start coming on? Was this just a freak thing because of the uh, that last stop, or what What do you think? Pocono is an oddball track. If you take a paper clip and you open all the ends on it, it ends up being a very odd triangle, and that's actually how the track was designed. And it's three entirely different turns that are involved. And because of the length of the race, uh, they have to synchronize and strategize these pit stops to where it gets to the end. It's very confusing during parts of the race. You don't know who's where until you get down to the end of the race. But uh, Keselowski, who threw that piece of trash out on the track so that it could be on his grill? And he decided <laughs> he was overheating. He tried to tuck behind Danica Patrick and get that sack across the front of his car so it wouldn't overheat. Tried to get that to slip off. It didn't. Junior saw what's happening, dove underneath, and uh, went forward from there. That's yeah. the first win for Dale Earnhardt Jr. at Pocono. It's his second win of the year, and they're saying that pretty much that locks him into the chase, which automatically brings TV dollars and brings fans to the seats. He's doing really well. But let me ask you a question. Who is the points leader right now? Do either of you two know? Well, um, the points leader is Jeff Gordon right now. And I, that, I, find, that, I find that mind-boggling. You know, and, and I understand that Matt Kenzie... Yeah, what? He's only, he, only in points, he's a points leader. But yeah. Matt, Matt Kenzie had a rough day yesterday. That's my man. I like Matt. He's, a, he's, he's my favorite driver this year and last year. But... um. And he's due for wins right now. He's in 10th place 
in the cup standings, in the sprint cup standings. Let me ask a question. Are you guys happy with this let's get out and win the race format that we have to get into the final 16? Do you think that it's helped the sport? A little bit. I think it has for the average fan. I think it has because you're not ever hearing a driver be interviewed after the race and says, hey, had a great points day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. like that too. But, you know, uh, 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 well, let me ask you a question. Does it concern you that when we look at the Canadian Grand Prix and we look at the stands and these stands are full, I mean, all around this weaving track, and then we look at NASCAR and it's a lot of empty seats. I mean, a lot of empty seats. Does that concern you as a, as a race fan? Because it, because it concerns me a little bit as a race fan. Well, if you look at the configuration of Formula One stands, they're not built stadium-like. They're around right. the road course, so they're kind of really spread out a little bit. And, and you'll see where the turns are. You'll always have the congregation of, of uh, spectators there. And, and because it's so spread out in these particular areas, I think the ticket pricing perhaps could be more advantageous to that type of racer. But you have to look at Formula One racing. Though NASCAR is so important in the United States of America, Formula One racing in Europe rules the roost because they go everywhere. And to have it in Canada was a real plus. I remember seeing an F1 race once upon a time uh, in the late 80s in Detroit, and it was a spectacular showing that was there you've got some of the best drivers in the world that are there and you've got some of the most technically advanced computer driven machines that you have on planet earth they're half the weight of a sprint car of a sprint cup car and uh, a lot more horsepower so it's pretty doggone interesting and fast racing and you're saying it's a difference of apples and oranges it is it's like watching hockey live instead of on tv (laughs) right right racing nascar depends upon you know the tv revenue for it a lot of people because of all the computers and the and being able to watch it in your own home with your old ice cold beer that's uh you know 75 percent less that's very attractive to the nascar nation to the people that you know support the sport it is and and when you look at it on on television man looking at one looking at one of these Um, NASCAR races in high definition television is a beautiful thing and the camera angles that they have now is just so entertaining until I'm I'm at one I'm at the point in my life now where I'd rather watch it on a big screen TV at home than to drive to Daytona 35 minutes from my house and get caught up in a crowd of a hundred thousand people and watch it man I just think I'd rather watch it at home these surround sound systems and they offer uh, a tr- tremendous, tremendous opportunity for the fan. I'm looking forward to the race next week. Michigan, it's one of my favorite tracks. It's two miles, wide open, no restrictor plates. It's going to be a good race. I can't who you, wait. Who are you picking? You know, I, honest to goodness, I really do think that Jeff Gordon is in the twilight of his career. He has always been good on those bigger tracks, and I, I know it's an obvious choice, but I'm looking for Jeff Gordon to continue his streak and what's going on. Close to him will be Jimmy Johnson. That'll be there, but watch out once again for the Toyotas. They run good there, too. That's what I like about this year, guys. You know, anybody, you've got the top 
20 can win at any given time. And then there's Danica Patrick, but we won't go there. <laughs> hey, well, I'm going to tell you, uh, this week I'm taking Jimmy Johnson and Matt Kensick, and y'all can have the field. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Daryl. <laughs> Nothing like stacking the dead. I, I, I know you're getting down to the end of the show. Thanks for letting me join. I apologize for missing last week. Uh, I was out of town, so I apologize. Hey, Roland, um, if we can make this a biweekly thing, you call from Daytona and give us a NASCAR report or give us a racing report, we would love it. And I know our, our fans at Voice America and Sports Info UM fans would love for you to give us a call. We love you it. I you- love it. You thought you were going to get me, uh, throw me a curveball with that F1 stuff. I know what you did. <laughs> All right, guys, you have a good night. Hey, thanks a lot, Roll. It's always good. Hey, Coach, you got last minute, man. Give us a shout-out. Give us a call. Give us a, a call-out. What's going on on your mind, Coach? Anything in the sports world happen that you want to speak about before we go? Uh, buddy, listen to me. I had a great time again. We talked about the two James. The basketball James and the OUM great running back, James Jackson. Hey, what a great show. And I always listen here from Roland. I learn a little racing every week. There you go, Coach. Hey, guys, it's, it's always a pleasure. It's been a whole lot of fun on the Sports Info UM show on the Voice America Radio. Hey, guys, we'll be back next week with more sports information. And, hey, Javon. Javon Oliver, do that thing this week, man, so, so so your uncle can come and see you in Sarasota the following week. I want at least two home runs in Chiefland, Florida this weekend. Hey, guys, you listen to the Voice America Radio, and we've had a great show another night here in Florida and on the Voice America Radio show, Sports Info UM. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.